Our Bible reading is from Galatians, chapter 5, verse 22, through to 6, verse 10. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfil the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest, if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, I'm Colin. Great to have you with us. You know, we can be members of lots of different things, can't we? Just a quick look at your wallet or your handbag will tell you that, like George in Seinfeld, we end up with keeping lots of bits of plastic and paper that show our membership of something, shows we're entitled to some freebie that will definitely come in handy one day. I'm a member of the RAA, and I suppose I care about that if the car ever won't start. But then when I get the AGM papers in the post, straight in the recycling bin. I'm just not really invested in that membership. On the other hand, lots of people are involved in sports clubs, aren't they? And their whole life seems to revolve around that club, that membership. But what about membership of church? We're in a series called Church with Purpose, looking at five priorities or purposes that we find in the Bible that answer the question, what kind of church does God want? We've looked at magnification, that everything we do is for God's glory. 
We looked at mission, about having God's heart for the lost and joining, joining in his mission to save them by calling people to trust and believe in Jesus. So just search Trinity Church Woolcroft on YouTube or Spotify to catch up on those previous talks if you've missed them. Well, today we're thinking about membership. Membership. What does it mean to be a member of a church? And for all these M purposes we're going through, we've got a handy definition. So here's one for membership. As God saves people through the gospel of Jesus, we are united with Jesus and all believers. God intends us to express this unity by belonging to a local church where our life together testifies to God's wisdom and power. And then if we sharpen that into a purpose, that is why we do what we do together as church, we can say, to see all who come to Trinity Church warmly and intentionally welcomed, included and nurtured, so that together we develop a great love for the church for which Jesus died. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Wouldn't you love to be part of a church that genuinely loves, with proper biblical love, each other? Where we're helping one another live godly lives. Where we turn up at church and growth group and guess who's coming to dinner for other people's sake as much as for our own. Well, let's look into it through the passage that Rod brought us from Galatians. So here's where we headed. I've got a bit of an outline. We're going to see how we have a unique membership card. Just running with this club theme, you know. Then we'll see what our, our club rules of association would be. I've got three of those. What the threats to our membership are. And finally, we'll think about some practical application for Trinity Church and membership. First of all, then, we have a unique membership card. You know, when you were a member of Blockbuster Video, kids, ask your parents. Well, you used to get a plastic card to prove your membership. But church isn't like joining a video shop. Church is people gathered by God through the preaching of the gospel and us responding in repentance and faith. Our overall reason for being is for God's glory. And last week we saw that a big part of why we exist is for the sake of people who are not even members yet. So we're members of a unique kind of club and our membership card, our guarantee that we are members, is the Holy Spirit of God himself living in us. When we joined or grew up in this club, when we put our trust and faith in Jesus, a spiritual reality happened. We became in Christ and he came to live in us by his spirit. Galatians 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We're in Christ. It's a bit like getting on a plane. I remember doing that. It's not a perfect analogy, but to a large extent, what happens to the plane when we get on one happens to us. You know, the plane goes up, you go up. The plane goes down, you go down. The plane gets wobbled around in turbulence, you get wobbled around in turbulence. The plane gets delayed, you get delayed. When we embrace Jesus by faith, 
it means he died not just for me, but as me. I mean, from God's point of view, I'm hidden in Jesus. And it's as if I have died for my sin when Jesus did. So that's why Paul can say, I have been crucified with Christ. It's true of you and it's true of me. We are in Christ together. Our spiritual reality is that you and I belong to each other. And all of us have God's Holy Spirit living in us. He's our mark of membership. You know, God the Holy Spirit is so much the same, with the same will and having the same purpose as Jesus, the Christ, God the Son, that the Holy Spirit is interchangeably referred to as Christ living in us. You know, even the Holy Spirit wants to magnify Jesus. The Holy Spirit is our mark of membership and he brings us everything we need to be part of God's club. First, he's dealt the decisive blow to our sinful nature. Galatians 5.24 Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Of course, you only need to spend 10 minutes in a church to know that we still sin. But the battle is not hopeless and God will perfect us in the end. But it's like when I tried to catch a little lizard that had snuck into our bathroom and it dropped its tail off to escape. That dismembered tail, though dead, kept twitching away for about seven hours afterwards. It's really creepy. And that's like our sinful self. The, the fatal blow's been dealt, but still twitching away. But not only are we put to death, we're raised to newness of life by the Spirit. In fact, as Paul says in verse 25, we live by the Spirit. And that's just a simple statement that sums it up. The, Sp the Holy Spirit in us is sufficient for life. We live by the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit doesn't just show us to be members of God's family. He equips and powers us for our membership. Everything we do together as church is in response to God's grace. That means that we're hidden in Christ. And everything we do is by his spirit. So what does it look like then to be members of church? Well, let's imagine for a moment church is run like a sports club. We're on the committee and we're having our annual review, looking over our rules of association. That next heading, rules of association. And I've got three of them. Being other member focused, cleaning up our act and remembering grace. First, we're other member focused. So notice the first fruit of the Holy Spirit mentioned in verse 22. It's kind of the one that summarises the rest. Love. And not a sentimental, mushy kind of love. But a love that considers others' concerns as greater than our own. We'll look at how to love each other as we go, but it's summed up in chapter 6, verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity... Let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. We're to seek the good of others. We're to welcome people in like family, because that is what Jesus did for us, to welcome us into God's family. 1 John 4 verse 11. 
Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We're other member focused and we're cleaning up our act together as church. We're helping each other with the help of the Holy Spirit to become more like Jesus. First for ourselves, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. God has dealt our sinful nature the deadly blow and he is at work in us to produce this fruit. But our becoming more holy like this, the posh word for it is sanctification. Our becoming more holy and more like Jesus, it's something that we join in with. It's a bit like the three-legged race at primary school, at primary school sports day, you know. I remember back in the day, me and Ross McGarver, we aced it. We worked out that if we called our legs one and two, instead of left and right, uh, two being the one that was tied to the other person, we could fly down that track. But if we ended up pulling in opposite directions, well, we'd just trip up and get nowhere. And so we walk together in the ways that God is taking us, in that fruit he's growing in us, instead of giving some shoe leather to walking in ways to satisfy our flesh. Flesh is just uh, kind of another way of saying our sinful, selfish desire for self-rule, living for ourself rather than for God. That's the flesh. So we clean up our own act and we are to help each other to do the same. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you, may, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfil the law of Christ. Now, this one's a bit awkward, isn't it? Because I think culturally we find it really difficult to acknowledge to someone's face their sin, tell them that they're going wrong, even harder to pull them up on it. And I think that comes from a good heart of not wanting to be judgmental. But it's unloving to leave one another floundering in our sins. It is not kind to pretend that everything's okay. Paul's instruction here assumes that we will sin. And it infers that there are some sins, some burdens, that we really need help getting out of. And a burden is a trouble that we can assist with. Calling, out, calling one another out on each other's sin is appropriate, so long as it's done with this heart, this aim of gentle restoration. So that when we catch one another in sin, we're, saying not, we're not saying, I condemn you for that, but rather, can I help you with that? We're other member-centred, we're cleaning up our act, and thirdly, we are remembering grace. But we need to remember the grace that God has shown to us to remain radically humble. Galatians 6, 3-5 If anyone thinks they are something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then, then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else.
for each one should carry their own load. We remember that you don't have to be anyone special to be in this club. You just have to put your trust and faith in Jesus, the special one. Now, having just said carry each other's burdens, Paul now says each carry their own load. So what's going on there? Well, Paul's reminding us that each of us is accountable to God for our own actions. And God's not going to judge us in comparison to someone else like we do. You see, if we forget grace, the danger is that we start thinking that we're something that we're not. We start thinking that we're good enough to be in God's family on our own merits. And if we get that headset, then we'll be comparing ourselves to others to make ourselves feel good about how we're better than them. But remembering it is only by grace, received through faith, that we're saved. That only Jesus has been good enough. Remembering that grace kills that pride and keeps us unified, keeps us one in Christ, who we rely on for our standing before God. So that's our rules of association for our club. Other member focused, cleaning up our acts by the power of the Spirit, and remembering the grace shown to us to keep us humble. The trouble is, there are threats to our membership. Threats to our membership. See, I reckon most of us can think of people who were active in church, but now sadly seem to have given up on Jesus. We need to watch each other's backs for anything that might lead us away from Jesus. Watch each other's backs for anything that might lead us away from Jesus. So here are three, there's loads, but here are three that I can think of and that come out of the passage. First, purpose drift. We need to stay grounded in the Bible to make sure that we don't drift away from the, what life and what church is all about. Because over history, plenty of churches have done it. Getting distracted by often good things like um, taking social action, but making that the main thing and forget, forgetting Jesus. It starts by getting distracted from Jesus and it ends up with Jesus being an inconvenience for the thing that you are distracted by. The Apostle Paul knew we had a tendency to drift. That's why he says in uh, 6 verse 6, Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. The church has always set aside people and funded them so that they can concentrate on making sure that we don't drift away from the word. So that's why our budget at Trinity Church Woolcroft includes pay. For me, I'm paid well, about the same as a school teacher. And so I don't have to worry about getting another job. And that frees me up to give all my time over to keeping us on God's mission from his word. Second threat, treating church like our old club. You know, our new life in the spirit is different to a life lived for ourselves. Different priorities, different purposes, with different results. Galatians 6 verses 7 and 8. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit 
will reap eternal life. Something to please the flesh. That's thinking about church through a mindset of what's in it for me. You know, being transactional about church. It's seen church as an institution I go to to service my needs and wants rather than a family that I come alongside to love and cherish. Think of it like two different kinds of Christmas meals. I, I think of two different kinds in my life. One, the works Christmas do. You know, so spend loads of money for a professionally produced food, uh, well presented, entertainment included, actually a really good, good time. The other kind of Christmas meal are family Christmas meals. Noisy, chaotic, stilted conversations with uncles about things I didn't know anything about. Soggy Brussels sprouts, all of that. But which of those Christmas meals do I cherish? Which one do I miss the most and look forward to the most? It's the one with genuine, long-term, unconditional loving relationships. The one that's not just about me and what I like. So don't invest in the shiny promises of the flesh. They lead to destruction. Invest in growing yourself and others, the fruit of the Spirit. So third threat, growing weary. I think this is what seems so off to me when people spend ages looking for a church. Because I think often they're looking for something that doesn't yet exist. A perfect church that's easy to be part of. Notice Paul's assumption is that for all our joys, doing this good of sowing to please the Spirit, it's going to be hard work. Galatians 6 verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You see, the gospel is not that church life in a here and now is easy and happy all the time. Now, much of what we're about together as church only makes sense in light of our heavenly reality of being one in Christ and our future eternity with him. So we can avoid growing weary by seeing that investing ourselves in church is investing ourselves in something that will last forever. And when our doing good is thrown back in our faces, when we're slandered for our doing good, we can avoid growing weary by remembering that in the end, we do it not for ourselves, we do it for God's glory. To finish then, let's think about practical applications of membership for our church, Trinity Church Woolcroft. So right now, while we're not meeting on a Sunday, what does this look like? Well, you could do your best to get along to a guess who's coming to dinner or lunch to get to better know some of the people that God has given you to do good for. It looks like it means your growth group isn't just about the night or the day that you meet. It means investing in each other throughout the week. Uh, it could mean sharing our service link with people that you know so that they're getting familiar with us for when we do finally start meeting together again. 
And what about when we, when we are meeting together again on a Sunday? Well, every one of us should consider, us, consider ourselves part of the welcoming team. So I find the most helpful way of thinking about it is, you know, if you have somebody around to your house for dinner, I mean, you don't change what your home is all about just for them, but you do do your best to help them feel at home. You offer them a drink, you tell them where the bathroom is, you introduce them to people that they don't know. So you know how to do that. Well, consider that your responsibility when you're at church as well. So just quickly, some more application. Back to our rules of association. I've got one idea for each of those to set you thinking. So remember, being other member focused. Well, when you really don't feel like turning up to ch church or a church thing, or you don't feel like you need to turn up, well, just turn up anyway for the sake of others. You know, at my daughter's school, at the end of the year, they all get a character trait certificate. It's quite sweet. One that's always puzzled me is availability. I wondered if it meant that the best they could say about this kid was um, that they just turned up. But actually, availability, that's a really helpful trait, isn't it? Just your presence could be a real help to someone. So that's being other person, other member-centered. Cleaning up our act. Our sanctification is usually a slow and lifelong process. We need enormous patience with one another. And thankfully, patience is part of the fruit that the Spirit is growing in us. And to really help each other, we need to be growing the kind of Christian friendships where we can confess our sin to one another and where we can help one another out of our sin. And frankly, your average, nice, polite, normal, Adelaide kind of friendship isn't going to cut it. Now we need to invest in each other to form deep biblical friendships that can withhold that argy-bargy about sin. And finally, remembering grace. Stay grounded in the Bible to remember what you once were in the flesh and what you are now in Jesus. To remember the love of God who now lives in you. Romans 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So how do you see your membership of church? Is it like being a member of the Blockbuster video store? You're only in it for what you can take out of it? Or are you in it to see all who come to Trinity Church Woolcroft warmly and intentionally welcomed included and nurtured so that together we develop a great love for the church which, for which Jesus died.